This is an AMI podcast. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. What made you fall in love with cooking? I'm going to have to say it was my grandparents and my mom. So my, both my grandparents were from Italy. They were very into gardening. They had everything you can imagine in the backyard. Whatever they didn't grow, they'd go to the orchards and the farms in Niagara. I have all those memories picking strawberries with my grandma and we'd ride the tractor. It inspired me because it was always like the sweetest strawberries and the freshest peaches. And growing up, my mom or my grandparents wouldn't be the ones who would buy cherries for $10 a pound. I had to use what I was given. That's Marcella DiLonardo. She's the author of the cookbook, Bake the Seasons, photographer, recipe developer, stylist, and blogger that's passionate about using local seasonal food that focuses on simplicity. Just yesterday, you released your cookbook, Bake the Seasons. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Now, you've been writing on your blog, Hey Modest Mars, for three years or so. Tell me what it was like writing a cookbook for the first time. What was it like going from blogging to cookbook writing? At the beginning, I was so nervous and stressed thinking it was going to be overwhelming. And honestly, everything went so smoothly in the six months that I wrote it. Like I was, I was impressed with myself <laughs> <laughs> because it almost felt like I was just speeding up the blog process. So when you're blogging, are you blogging every day? Was it something that um, you did weekly as opposed to with the cookbook? I, I would assume it was kind of writing as much as you can. Yeah. So for blogging, when I started, like I used to do up to two blog posts a week. Mm -hmm. And then with the book, I still did keep up with the blog. So that's kind of what tacked on the workload. But I tried to do five recipes a week to test. Like I'm very organized and scheduled. And I had to work with the lighting too for the blog because I always do shoot natural light. Did you do your own photography? Yes. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Oh, honestly. thank you. Honestly, that was the hard part was when it was winter and it would get dark at five. And you're trying to like make sure you get that final shot in. <laughs> a lot of what I do is I try to bring it to a window or my neighbors find me on the porch half the time. I shoot at my back window where the deck is. So also I think my neighbors can see me probably wondering what I'm doing. <laughs> I shoot right on the ground. Like it's nothing glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're, you're styling your dishes, is there something, is there a formula that you use? Like, do you always style it a certain way or it's just whatever comes to mind? Usually it's whatever comes to mind. Like some days, if it doesn't go well, I'll put it away. Like, so I don't get all frustrated mm -hmm. and I'll start right the next morning and it turns out to be a completely different shoot. And I end up being so much happier with it, but I do have formula. Like I, I like to keep it very simple and I don't like to flood it with props. I want to really focus on that dish and I use lighter backdrops too. The name of your book is Bake the Seasons. Tell us a little bit about, tell us a lot about, because it's phenomenal, your cookbook. Aside from my childhood, the inspirations, I really tried to pull what I do on the blog. I wanted the readers to go to my cookbook and find the similar style of recipes. So I really narrowed it down to simple recipes, but with quality ingredients. And I kept, I, I chose to do the seasonal chapters, which I was kind of inspired by Gilmore Girls. I don't know if you watched the I do. return of it. So that I when did. I saw them do that, I'm like, that'd be so great for a baking book. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not only baking. So it's it's sweet and savory. It's sweet and savory, but it is based off baking. Okay. So for the savory goods, I focus on breads and quiches, and I even threw a mac and cheese in there because that is baked. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't so love mac and cheese? It's baking, but a little bit of leeway. 
on each side. Okay, so the reason why I say this, because one of them that I've bookmarked is your focaccia potato. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. It looks so good. I mean, one, it, it reminds me of potato pizza, but this is elevated so much more. I think it was on page 63 of uh, its new potato rosemary focaccia. It, it looks like I was drooling when I saw it. It's a carb lover's dream. It really is. It really is. And a lot of people have never tried potato and bread. Mm-hmm. I, I had inspired by from the pizza you're talking about where they do that really thinly sliced potato. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to put a recipe for a thinly sliced potato in the book because I'm trying to keep it simple. And I know that would require a mandolin or like a, a special kitchen tool. Exactly. And then I came to mind, I was like, oh my goodness, like putting a roasted new potato. Yeah, it was brilliant. What do you want people to learn or take away from your cookbook? I just want them to get back in the kitchen. I know so many people think they don't have time or they're rushed and they just throw frozen dinner on a table. And I want them to fall in love with cooking again through such like old school recipes modernized. I modernize them like by, by mixing flavors that are not what would come to mind. Like when I said I did the lemon thyme tarts, like it brings like a freshness. But I also want to modernize them so my generation will still fall in love with making those recipes. I don't want them to see like a cobbler is like, oh, it's just, it's like a dated recipe. Mm -hmm. I think if you bring a sense of freshness to it, they'll see it in a new light. I just really want to appeal to my generation as well because I feel like it's become, I don't want to say lazy, but we're all busy and we don't think we have time to go back to cooking from scratch. I totally agree with that because I hear that a lot. Did you ever have any challenges like to modernize some of the dishes, some of the classic dishes? I had a few ideas that never made the book because of that. Now, when I had talked about the slicing potatoes thin, I wanted to originally do a, a really thin potato galette with like a goat cheese base. Mm-hmm. And I could not get those potatoes thin enough by hand that it like, right. it didn't, it would, if I was struggling to make it cook properly by setting by hand, I didn't want them the book knowing someone had to have a special tool to do that. When doing the book, what recipe has never failed you? My pumpkin cake, believe it or not. Oh, really? Yes, because it was based off of my aunt's pumpkin bread. Okay. And it's like a quick bread. So it's oil-based. So there's no creaming, no sugar. So like you literally make it in one big bowl with a wooden spoon. I love recipes when it's just a bowl and wooden spoon. It feels so old school. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know. I, I love mi- mixing it by hand. Like I'm that person who, if I don't have to use a mixer, I'll do it by hand. I even like whip whipped cream by hand and egg whites by hand. By hand. See, and that's what I was going to actually ask you. So because with indulgent recipes, they can be a little intimidating sometimes to approach them. Like, mm-hmm. you know, with complex ingredients, as tricky techniques. What's the key to simplifying things? I don't want people to have to think they have to have a ton of kitchen tools to do this. Like, honestly, I think something, one of the only things that really requires a stand mixer would be your frostings Mm -hmm. to really whip those. But there is so much you can do with not a lot of kitchen appliances. Like I even, even the stove I got, that was one of my like dream purchases. Uh, It's the Leconte, but um, Mm -hmm. it's actually so simplified. There's no like, I don't know, you know how those new stoves have like thermometers in them and all this stuff I can't even keep up with. This stove is literally like on and off. And it just makes everything so simple to the point where when people come over, they're like, how do I work this? I'm just like on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because people are used to like 12 settings where you're exactly. like, I don't know which one to put it to. And realistically, we don't use all those no. settings. If someone does, I applaud them yep. because I know I do not. <laughs> yeah. I really try to scale like the directions back just to simplify it 
I think if you don't overload it with ingredients and you slowly break down the steps, it's much easier to follow. For the recipes, they're in order of ingredients that you add it. So you won't, you won't get lost and like forget to add something to the recipe. It will tell you exactly what to do. Like, um, do you want to give me an example of one of the recipes? So you've got like spinach and feta quiche. Yeah. So for those ones, like I just tried to break it into layers so people don't get overwhelmed. So like I'll teach you how to make the filling first, let it cool, mix it in with the eggs, and then you'll have your pie crust ready, which you can use store-bought pie crust. I think that's what scares people with a lot of the pastries. It's to make their own dough. And it's funny because the dough is probably the easiest out of the entire dish. It is. It, tr- it truthfully is. It just, I don't know. There's some, people have it in their head that, oh, I can't make pie dough. But it's like, it's like three ingredients. So a simplified pie dough is just... Flour, butter, uh-huh. some shorting, depending. I like to mix the two. Oh, yeah. And I always For the sweet ones, I always add vanilla in the pie dough and a tablespoon of sugar. Which I don't think most people add vanilla. I always just want to get every layer with flavor. That's so smart. That's a neat trick. You know when you have the ice water for the pie dough? Yep. That's where I put the splash of vanilla in. Oh, smart. And the reason I do the butter and shortening is because the shortening makes it flakier, but I don't want to lose all that butter flavor. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I feel like it's the best of both worlds if you mix the two, because if you do just shortening, yeah, you get a super flaky crust, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have a butter flavor to it. And then if you do just butter, it doesn't have any, a lot of flakiness. So I think mixing it is like perfect. One of the things I think I, we didn't mention in the book for the ingredients, I tried to do it where you'd have a lot of staples already at home because I don't want someone to have to go out and spend like $80 to make a recipe because they don't have anything. So I try to focus on, you know, the the flours, the sugars, all the stuff you'd already have at home, the eggs, the butter, but then there's only a couple additional ingredients like maybe a Gruyere cheese or fresh thyme that you'd have to go out and buy. They're staple pantry items. They're exactly. So I focus really in on the staple items and then there's a few to make that dish special because I'm sure this comes to my upbringing, but like I used to give my mom like an emerald recipe and like, mom, I want to make this. Mm-hmm. Can you go to the grocery store? And she's like, I'm not buying all this. It's true. Yeah. So I, I started to learn to use the basics that I have. Like that's what really shaped my simple cooking. Are you into playing a couple of games with me? For sure. All right. I'm glad you said yes. The first one is this or that. The choice is yours. You can go with this or you can go with that. Okay. First one, while cooking, do you listen to music or silence? music are you a morning person or night owl night actually now that i'm older i'm becoming morning <laughs> but i love baking at night i don't know something about it really a lot of you bakers do that i something just about the night <laughs> it'll be like 10 o'clock i'm like i'm gonna make cookies <laughs> yeah i don't know it's that craving i guess that hits i think so <laughs> are you always warm or cold always cold baked or fried fried super salad salad Food Network or movies? Food Network. All the way. I was like a Food Network junkie. (laughs) Were you? Oh my goodness. When I was in high school, if I was like acted out, my mom, my mom's threat was that I couldn't watch Food Network. (laughs) Who did you watch on Food Network? At the time, it was like a whole from like five to eight. It was Ina Garten. uh, Oh, I love her. Mm Mm-hmm. Paula Dean, I watched all of them. Anna Olsen, who actually does live somewhere in my area. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, She's I from love Niagara Anna Olsen. too. Love her. I was like the OG Food Network those days. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
when we're talking about your recipes, and there's so many good recipes in your book, what's the first recipe you can remember trying? To bake? Yes. Apple pie was the first one I wanted to nail. I loved pie. I loved making the crust. I loved getting my hands in there to work the butter in. And then I slowly escalated to wanting to make them beautiful pies, which I feel like I kind of became known for the braids and the just the really intricate designs. So you're more of a traditionalist with the apple pie or do you kind of experiment, go outside the box and do different types of toppings or? I like to go outside the box. Oh, so give me, give me an idea of what's outside the box for you. Well, for the book, I did a cheddar apple pie where I put the cheddar cheese in the crust. Mm. So it has that like sweet and salty mix. Oh, that's nice. I love salted caramel apple pies. I love crumbles. Mm-hmm. I've done a, a sage apple pie. Oh, I've never tried that. No, you would never think to put it, but it's so good. Like it just has to be a subtle sage. You can't overload it with the herb. It's just that one thing where people bite into it and there's something different and you're like, it's sage. (laughs) You're using fresh, I'm assuming. I always use fresh herbs. I did not get the green thumb, (laughs) but it's one thing I do try to grow Mm -hmm. or my mom will plant me like a huge um, planter full of them. I even had it in the condo, but like she was so proud. She brought this whole planter up of every herb I could dream of right. and I knocked it over and I knocked the whole thing <laughs> it was like an hour after she left I'm like oh no <laughs> I just sent her a photo on the ground I'm like I'm sorry <laughs> well you tried <laughs> a for effort <laughs> yeah I actually I do I love growing my own herbs have you heard of or seen the indoor herb gardens like the micro ones? Yes. I've never tried them. I think I'm going to try it this year. Well, now it's, I mean, now I can do it in the backyard, but during the winter. Yeah, it's worth having them on hand. And I do drive. So my mom's herbs grow like way larger than mine. She just has a better full sun backyard mm-hmm. where it's corner lot. And we just don't have the right setting for it. Mm-hmm. So we will dry all her herbs at the end of summer. She's like the oregano we dry. She'll free some of the parsley. Oh. I love, I, I have like little pig rails off my window where I hang them upside down so they can all dry for the, oh, for the winter. You need to do something on drying. Drying herbs because honestly, mine was an epic fail last time. Really? Yes. Because I read some stupid Pinterest thing that said <laughs> to put them in the oven at something temperature and... Oh, oh, to like slowly dry them out? Yeah, it was not good. It was no, not but good. Yeah, we just hang them upside down for maybe a week or two and then like, it's honestly the best oregano. Because like, oh my God, fresh oregano is... Is, to, is amazing. And I remember growing up, we would have the dried oregano, but when everyone sees dried oregano now, they think of the container dried oregano. Ours yes. were still on the actual stem and you would just kind of shake it over your dish. For sure. Because I, I feel like oregano is the easiest one to dry. I tie it together with a string and I hang it upside down like near a window so it has sun. What do you say? Two weeks and it's done, I think. Yeah, I'd say no more than two weeks. It looks like pretty decor too. <laughs> it does. I have some flowers I dried as well. Just because like I said, I'm, I don't have the green thumb. A lot of my plants inside are like dried flowers or even like succulents I kill. Everyone tells me they're so easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know that when they start with they're so easy, it's not. <laughs> totally. I, have you not been told the same about succulents? Yeah. Like, oh, you can't kill these. And like, oh, I killed every single one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have one ZZ plant. I don't know if you know what those ones yes. are. Yes. Okay, that's the one thing. I have two, and they are, like, alive as ever. I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Marcella DiLonardo, author of Bake the Seasons. 
what made you fall in love with cooking? I'm gonna have to say it was my grandparents and my mom. So my both my grandparents were from Italy. So they were very into gardening and like they had everything you can imagine in the backyard and whatever they didn't grow, they'd go to the orchards and the farms in Niagara. Like I have all those memories picking strawberries with my grandma and we'd ride the tractor and mm-hmm. go to the peach fields, get bushels of tomatoes. We did a lot of farms, even growing up, myself included. And I think my favorite part was um, the tractor ride out into the fields. Oh, I loved it. For us, it was hilarious. Like it was just, we were, bound, I mean, we're city people. I was born and raised in the city. So when you put us on this tractor going out there, was it one of those flatbed tra- tractors? Yes, yes. I'm sure now it wouldn't even be legal. (laughs) It was just like a slab of wood on the back of a truck and you could fall off if you didn't. (laughs) I mean, we were there for hours, hours, and we would eat more than what we would actually put in our bag. Same here. Same same here. My grandma would always say, you have to taste it first. (laughs) (laughs) You go to weigh it and you're like, oh yeah, one bunch. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, you're walking out with a stomachache because it's like, I ate so many. Yeah. I I mean, that was great. It inspired me because it was always the best produce to use in the baked goods. It was always like the sweetest strawberries and the freshest peaches. And it it was also because growing up, it was my mom or my grandparents who would purchase it and they would they wouldn't be the ones to would buy cherries for ten dollars a pound. So it was almost like I had to use what I was given. And it was always what was in season is what I was given. And it's like you love bonding with them through it. Mm-hmm. You love how it brings the whole family together. And that would be, I guess, how you guys started in the kitchen was just kind of hanging with them and Exactly. Did they get you to do anything particular at the beginning? Or was it one of those things where it's like, okay, let's keep her busy by, because I know with me, it was, let's give her something, something about peeling potatoes that everyone hands off to the kids. Here's a, <laughs> here's a vegetable peeler, go at it. And I guess, because it keeps us busy for a while. It probably was to keep me busy. Yeah. And I always rolled out, I was always rolling out, you know, cavatilla. Yes. Yes. That was my like, little by hand too. My grandma made me pinch it with two fingers because she liked the size of like ours with our little kid hands. that's hilarious but like when you're a kid it was like to me that was playing with play-doh was the pasta dough you mentioned something in your intro that i can totally relate to and it was about um sharing recipes and how italians hang on to these recipes they take them to their grave yep which i thought was hilarious because i could totally totally understand that did you get any of the recipes or any anything from your grandmother, your mom? I honestly did not get any from my grandma. Maybe the sauce because I'd help her make it so often. But do you find everyone's sauce tastes different? Even if you like follow their exact. (laughs) Because they leave out that ingredient. Yes. Yes, exactly. So no, I didn't get anything from my grandma's. If I find like a recipe, like in one of their old boxes, it just lists the ingredients. It doesn't even list quantities. Yeah. Because even if you say to them, oh, did you put oregano and thyme? Just throwing things out or oregano and basil and I'll say you know yeah you could do that no what did you do (laughs) it's like they don't share that like do you ever make zucchini fritters yes my grandma would not tell me what she'd secretly throw in there yes I don't know why (laughs) like you're my mom yeah she's still trying to make them just like my grandma and we can't like they're still amazing it's just they're not the exact same with a lot of the recipes in the book Uh, Do many of them hold strong memories or connections for you? Yeah, there are certain ones that have strong memories and there are certain ones that I want to create something unique specifically for the book. But a lot of them were twist on 
memory. So like the lemon thyme tarts, my memories growing up is making lemon meringue pie with my mom. And I used to flick off the meringue, probably like every kid, mm-hmm. and just eat the filling to the point where my mom would just put a bowl aside of filling for me because she didn't want me ruining the whole pie. <laughs> But now what I did with that one is I mixed my favorite shortbread cookies as the crust mm. and I did uh, lemon thyme bars where there is no meringue. So it's, it's the best of both worlds in my opinion. That's what kind of shaped a lot of them. Like, so it might not be that exact recipe I made growing up. It was things I pulled from. There was another one that I had. Oh, your blueberry shortcake. Page 82. Yeah. Which is like the light chiffon cake base with fresh whipped cream and fresh blueberries. Sign me up to that. <laughs> that one I don't know if you saw the head note it was inspired by Gilmore Girls it, yes I did I did which I can explain if people don't remember please do <laughs> so there's an episode where Suki the chef has to make strawberry shortcake at the inn mm-hmm. and Jackson the produce guy I guess the strawberries weren't up to his standards so he he tells her she can make blueberries and she says I'm not going to make blueberry shortcake that's not even a thing yeah <laughs> then I had asked my mom, I'm like, is blueberry shortcake really not a thing? Because like, at the time, I loved strawberry shortcake too. And for uh, one of our birthdays that month, she surprised us with a blueberry shortcake to show us like it was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so there was a lot of inspiration from Gilmore Girls into this. It was. It was. I grew up watching it. I loved Suki. <laughs> I thought it was going to own an inn and be a chef. <laughs> That's crazy because I pictured myself doing the same thing. Right? Uh, <laughs> which recipe or recipes in the cookbook took you the longest to perfect? The carrot cake recipe was that one recipe I never wanted to give out to people. But then I, feel, I, I realized I wasn't going to be my grandparents <laughs> and that I had to share it. There was a lot of years that went to that, that recipe. Like, because there was a neighbor who uh, I grew up across from used to bring us a carrot cake and we were like, we would fight for it. Like I would tackle my sister to the fridge for the last piece. (laughs) And when she passed away, I'm like, I need to figure out how to make it just like hers. I I knew my neighbor put the nuts, the coconut, the pineapple, like I love it loaded with everything. My sisters still say it's not exactly like hers, but I think they'd still tackle for the last piece of mine too. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're going to move on to rapid fire. Favorite ingredient to cook with? Garlic. Who is your favorite chef? Bobby Flay. Why? I don't know why I always loved him. (laughs) My friends like still remember like, you still like that redhead chef? I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) I just loved all his barbecue and... I love the way he uses the spice. Me too. And I, oh my God, I loved him on Iron Chef. I just think he's so talented. Yes. And he loves blue corn, and I love blue yeah, corn. I can't disagree with that. <laughs> so would you rather eat food with a knife or fork or your hands? Hands. Hands. Hands all the way. All right, you've got five minutes to move into a new kitchen, and you can only take one item with you. What would it be and why? Can my stove be the answer? Of course. <laughs> my stove then. Why? It was my dream when I purchased it. I would never leave it behind now. <laughs> and of course, I use it. Like five times all the a day. time, all the time. <laughs> I don't even have a microwave. I don't have. I don't have a dishwasher. All I have is my stove. <laughs> your stove and your hands. There's the dishwasher. That's what my parents used to say to me. <laughs> yep. I know everyone can't believe I don't have a dishwasher for how much cooking I do. Yeah, no, that was the first thing I lived my entire life without a dishwasher, mm-hmm. and that was the first thing I did when I bought my home. You got I, one? I put a dishwasher in. There wasn't here. 
See, I took one out. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, it wasn't mine. There was no dishwasher. And I said to my husband, I go, I'm sorry, that's the only request I have. He goes, the only one? Okay, one of 15. But <laughs> it was right up there. The only one that minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It was right up there with the others, which are just as important. Curse words you use in the kitchen. Oh, can I say it? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. Definitely shit. <laughs> When I'm touching hot pans and... It's always that, oh shit. Oh shit, yep. <laughs> but like what, nothing? nothing. <laughs> Just spilled everywhere, but nothing. Yeah, why do we always follow it? It's always an oh shit, and then we follow it with the, nothing, nothing's wrong, we're good. <laughs> okay, Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back? I brought sheet cakes back because I did a post on it. <laughs> nice. Because no one makes sheet cakes anymore. No one does. No one does. They're usually sky high with yep. 17 layers. Yeah, I even did a post that says I'm bringing sheet cakes back. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. This is about the time where I ask all my guests for their kitchen confession. Do you have one that you can share with us? There's one I touched base on in the book, which was the first time I tried to make a healthy pie on Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> and it was like the a best healthy... time to try a new <laughs> recipe, right? <laughs> it was like my first time really contributing to Thanksgiving dinner too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my sisters were home from university. So they were like really looking forward to a home cooked big dinner. Mm -hmm. And I decided to make a crustless pumpkin pie, which it ended up being like a jello of pumpkin. <laughs> it was honestly the only one who ate it was my mom because she's my mom and she didn't want me to be upset. <laughs> did she give you the, oh, this is good. She did. She did. <laughs> And to this day, my sisters bring it up. Like, remember when you tried to make a healthy pumpkin pie? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Jello pumpkin pie. Jello pumpkin pie. I wish you could have saw it. It like jiggled. <laughs> but everything's a learning experience, right? For sure. For sure. <laughs> but it makes for great stories. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I had such a good time. Thanks so much for having me. Bake the Seasons, it's just out. Where can people find you if they want to reach you? Where can they get a copy of the book? You can find the book anywhere books are sold or online. Um, easiest would be Amazon or Indigo if you're Canadian and mm -hmm. Amazon or Barnes Noble if you're American. And you can find me over at heymodestmars.com and on Instagram at modestmars. I'll be sharing like updates and seasonal recipes and I'm going to have a few giveaways this week as well. It's that time we've reached the end of another show. Be sure to visit kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. I'd like to thank producer and editor Matt Agnew, and I'm Mary Mamaliti. See you at the next episode.